Hello and welcome to Entrepreneurs United, where like-minded individuals gather together. Be sure to join our Slack channel and follow us at trading underscore with underscore friends on Instagram. Now, without further ado, here's Michael and his special guest. So hey, we guys got uh, you know Riz from Riz International. Really awesome to watch on Instagram. I watch everyone on Instagram. They just don't know it all the time. Uh, 118,000 followers and super influential in his words. I think that's the most important part here. Uh, I, I honestly, I wouldn't even latch on to anyone if I didn't think that uh, what, what I was looking at was a little bit genuine. And I, I say that with not a, a level of arrogance, but you know, I do, I've been analyzing people for the last 10 years in the military. So I'm a, I'm an analytical person. That's just what I Thank do. You for your hey, it's what I can do. How you doing, man? Good day. It's been a busy day. It's been a busy day, yeah. uh, Marcus. As you, as you know, you know, quite a bit of stuff uh, has been going around. You know, I mean, we have a resurgence of GameStop and all the stuff that happens with that. Plus, of course, the market's kind of puking. Uh, so it's been a busy day, but overall, I can't complain. A day where I get to do what I love and uh, just kind of live according to my own uh, values is fine by me, right? That's awesome. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's sort of the thing when I first started this journey is just trying to get people to, you know, even if they don't want to trade, you know, they're like forcing themselves to trade. It's like, you got to know that, you know, you got to figure that out early on. Can you trade? Is this what you are meant to do? Is, is your time permit? Uh, you know, a lot of people don't really appreciate the time and effort that you have to put into trading. You know, they think you show up. And as you said, in one of your stories today is people think, stocks only go up and, you know, they're just chasing the dream. And it's eventually the stock comes to a screeching, <laughs> screeching halt. And there we are. A special nod to you because you are on the ball, Mike, because I literally posted that a few minutes ago and you, you saw it. So that's fantastic. You're right. You know, it, it, it's, it's just funny to me because ultimately the longer I do this, the more I learn about people. Uh, and that's what fascinates me, you know, like how things have changed from when I started back in 2008 to now. I didn't have the kind of resources that I did or the stuff that I had, you know, have access to and many people have access to now, but it's just, to me, blows my mind how much of a shift. Think about it, just 12 years, 13 years almost mm -hmm. since since 2008, obviously the big thing, uh, financial crisis, but so much has changed just in the last uh, 10 years even. So it just blows my mind how far things have come. But in many ways, seeing the kind of market psychology and psychology of people uh, ebb and flow between extreme greed, extreme hubris, feeling like they're on top of the world and nothing can stop them and they know everything. It's great. You know, it's good to feel good when, when you've done good. But after a certain point, if people continue like that, it's going to have its fallbacks. And, and we see that with anyone and everyone trying to get rich in, in financial markets. That's a that's a hundred percent. And that's essentially why we created uh, Entrepreneurs Are United uh, is just to bring in the rain, the ropes and, and say there's more to money than just day trading because there really is. I got some questions. I sent them to you. Uh, and at the end, I'm going to do a, if that's all right, I'm going to do a flash round. So I have a bunch of members in my chat that, I mean, I actually just asked them if there's any questions. We can't get to them all, but we'll do a flash round and uh, you can, you know, give us a kind of your short answer to some of these questions, because this is really going to kind of answer some of those trading questions. So kicking this thing off, uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us a little roadmap. Uh, you know, you said 2008, so I, I feel like we're going to start somewhere around there, but uh, let's, I'd like to know who you are and where you're from, man. Absolutely. Yes, uh, Mike, you know, first of all, thanks for having me on. I mean, uh, when when I, I got the opportunity, as you know, I was very uh, 
enthusiastic I still am and really super excited to come on, especially because I kind of looked into kind of your story. And like you said, you've served. So it's, it's tremendous for what you've done. And, and I always say, I always hold every servicemen, servicewomen in all branches of, of government to the most highest regard. So I do appreciate that um, sincerely. I, it's been a long road, you know, to, to tell you a little bit about myself. I started, as I said, trading in the financial markets in 2008. About nearly 13 years is going to be that's not the big thing. The big thing is I was 16 years old, 16 and a half or so. To me, when I always tell people like, you know what, if Warren Buffett had been trading or investing for 13 years and he's like 70 something, that's not a big deal. Okay. But for someone like me who started at 16 and who's 29 now, it's my entire adult life. Really backed myself, thrown myself into this. And it wasn't easy. It came at a lot of mental anguish, pain and ups and downs, right? As we all know with, with, with traders. So uh, it's been a tremendous journey. I only in the last, you know, few years that I start being a lot more public and kind of sharing my expertise, sharing my thoughts, if people wanted to listen or even cared. And I was positively surprised by people actually gravitated towards it. My style of no bullshit, no nonsense, uh, and, you know, no bias, just keeping it clear and saying how I feel only on subjects that I'm able to talk about. I never talk about things that are not in my field of expertise. So for me to kind of open up and talk about that and people to gravitate towards, very humbling. You know, I am very, very fortunate to be able to do what I do for a living, which is essentially in short, I trade because I enjoy it. But the thing that I'm very fortunate to be able to do is just interact with people all across the world. There's people I've spoken with, met and interacted with and shared my passion with that I never would have had the opportunity just 10 years ago. It was a different world a decade yeah, ago. Sure. You know, like Instagram wasn't there. You know, Facebook was, you know, relatively newer. We wouldn't be having the Zoom conversation, right? 10 years ago, because it's just live streaming, webinars, screen sharing, video conferencing was in its infancy. It's like you had large corporations and big CEOs and executives doing that, right? You never had individuals like you and me just coming out and everyone is doing it now, especially since the pandemic. But wow, you know, it, what a shift. And you know what? I take what I do very seriously. I'm very passionate about it. And it's why I've been devoting a lot of my time. And of course, I do it in my own style. And number one with that style is transparency. If I lose money, then I lose money. If I make money, I make money. If I say something, I need to be able to back it up. And that's sorely missing in this day and age, especially in this industry. Yep. No, that's a, that's 100% right. And, and, that's, and that's a good point. So you mentioned that this is what you do. So this is your job. This is your nine to five. Is this what you do? You don't do anything else besides, you know, some consultations and, uh, yep. you know, definitely, definitely keeping the members uh, up to up to snuff on their strategy and, and coaching. I would say that if I had to put a label on what you do, I'd say you're a day trader first, and then you're a coach and mentor. And, it, and I think that's sort of like the, the, what comes with the territory of being a, a successful or motivational day trader. I'm a trader, swing trader, and I don't really do intraday. I know the word day trader is very synonymous with anyone who trades actively in the market, which I do. Uh, I do trading, swing trading, you know, I do, I do investing as well. And I combine the two in my kind of style. And you'll find that I don't really kind of go with the conventional style of the other traders, right? And, and everyone has their own method, but 
I don't really follow that kind of dichotomy where they trade stuff that's like gapping in the morning and, and, you know, mid, mid to small caps or stuff that's showing up on a crazy scanner. No, I, I stick to my large cap world. Um, I make sure I increase my time horizon and time frame for the type of trades I take. It's not like I'm rigid in that, but that's my kind of bread and butter. That's where I focus. And, you know, like you said, what I do for day to day, yes, my commitment is to my members, my students, because obviously they have trusted me. Uh, mm -hmm. They have put their hard earned money online. They have put their time uh, and of course their attention, their cognitive attention is very important. And that's not something that anyone should take lightly because if someone's giving you their time and attention, I think that's the number one currency. And to me, I feel like I have to do everything I can. You know, I say like, if someone's going to pay me even a dollar, I, I'm very fortunate. I don't need you know, the money on like other people that are out there that's kind of sell and push these, their services and whatever I charge because of my time and expertise. But then I, I also really turn people away that I feel like I don't think you're the right fit. And if I feel like if someone's going to come on board, I want them to be a good fit for me. And I want to make sure that I can give them what they want. Otherwise, there's no point. Right. So for me, I find myself devoting a lot of time to this. But of course, I have other businesses, right? Like it's not a secret where from a young age, I invested and operated gas stations as well. I've obviously over the last few years stepped away from being a little bit more active in that. But, you know, I still have that, you know, obviously there's real estate. So I've diversified myself. I mean, you've probably seen and many people on social media that follow me have seen sort of my, you know, account balances and transaction history and all that. So I make sure that people know that you know, what I'm the kind of capital I'm dealing with. But of course, that's not the only capital I have, right? Uh, I never say, you know what, guys, quit your job, or just stop everything and just sit in front and look at these candlesticks and just start trying to trade tick by tick. No, I always say the opposite, in fact, of what these other people say, I say, trade and invest as something that can supplement you help you help you grow and grow your wealth, right? Sustainably. If you have a job that you're passionate about or a career or a business or anything, you know, continue to do that. Many people come to me, Riz, I have $5,000. I want to quit my job at XYZ and I want to become a trader. I'm like, you know, you're going about it the wrong way. I get your enthusiasm, but you got to check those expectations. And unfortunately, that's not, that's not happening with the rest of the educators out there. They're just saying, oh, you want to trade here? Buy this. Mine is opposite. I, I go the opposite. I'm like, what do you want out of this? What is your situation? Then we'll discuss if you even are, are you know, are supposed to buy anything or, or, you know, you have to fix that mindset first. So I wear a few different hats, but you are absolutely right. You know, this is my passion. This is my focus. Uh, and I, and I live and breathe this stuff every day, 24 seven. Uh, you know, my members, they're, they're like, Riz, we don't know if you're a human or a vampire because I'm up answering messages I'm on Eastern time. So, you know, it's not uncommon for me to do market updates at 4 a.m., but also answer questions at 10 p.m. Uh, and of course, answer questions at 7, 8 a.m. as well. And, and of course, provide my insights throughout the day. Man, I can't wait to move closer to the East Coast. This whole West Coast, 630 market open. I mean, yeah. just, so. <laughs> so, so what, what made you, what made you do what you're doing? Like, what, what was the, what was the seed that was planted that made you just start, especially at the age of 16, right? 16, 17. Yeah. What, what made you do that? That's a great question. So the start of, of kind of where I got in and ultimately it was just curiosity. You know, I started officially at 16. Uh, but of course, I remember being a little kid. I don't even know, eight, 10 years old, maybe younger. And this was, you know, late 1990s, early 2000s. I remember seeing my father place a phone call and telling someone to sell something or buy something. 
at that point, I didn't know what he was doing. I just thought that's so cool. My dad is like calling someone and telling him what to do. And, and what kid doesn't want to, you know, you grew up wanting to tell people what to do because we're kids, we're told what to do all the time. I was like, that's cool. I only realized after as I was getting a little bit older, you know, 14, stuff like that, when I was like, wait a second, he was placing an order right on the phone. And for the people that are younger and, and maybe newer back in the day, electronic trading and, and the amazing access and, you know, fast paced stuff that we have access to now, it wasn't there. If you had to place an order, you want to place a trade, you had to call the broker ideally, right? And then they would place the trade for you based on the order that you, you gave them. That's how that initial spark got, got lit. And then eventually I started dabbling in, you know, as I was uh, in the last couple of years of high school, it was small. Like I just started with, with a few thousand dollars um, that I'd been working. Cause I started working small odd jobs since I was like 12 years old and stuff, right? Whatever I could, because I always had that kind of entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, you know, I remember being like six or seven years old and like carving pencils in class, like taking the lacquer off the wood with the pencil sharpener, those mechanical, not mechanical, but those manual ones in class and then taking it home, you know, making sure that the, the lacquer was off and there would just be the wood circle off the wood on the pencil and then paint the pencil different colors. And then it's like a custom pencil and then sell it to, to other students for like 25, 50 cents. Like that's something. awesome. I, that's how I started. I'm just a regular, regular guy just got curious. And then, um, you know, I decided that, wow, I, I enjoy this. I enjoy seeing if I'm right or wrong in a given time frame. I enjoy seeing these things move. I enjoy learning about companies and seeing about companies that I obviously knew and heard of, like whether it's, you know, Microsoft or whether it's Apple, uh, whether it's, you know, Facebook was just was recently getting listed, but it, it was a different time. And Ultimately, I just kept with it. It was tough. You know, the first year or two, I didn't do anything because like in terms of making money, because the markets were going down. I got in at that point where, you know, before Lehman Brothers and Bear Stearns collapsed, I got in before that. And this was, you know, the beginning of the year uh, in 20, 2008 and Bear Stearns and Lehman kind of went down later in 2008. And I'm like, what a time to join, right? Kind of like how people probably felt about 2020. What a That's time right. to join. Right. So I get how people feel, uh, but it's the hubris. I knew when I joined, I was like, when I started, I was like, wow, I have no idea what's going on. I just like these companies, but they're just falling like a rock. This makes no sense. So I needed to look into it. I remember then I was like 17, 18, starting college, and I didn't have a smartphone. The original iPhone had just released around that time. And I remember having to like finish class at sometimes skipping class, going to the library to access the computer and then go on Yahoo Finance to see pricing because I didn't know what, what kind of pricing, you know, there was, we didn't have, I didn't have real time data, you know, I had to log into the brokerage account and see my few positions are down like 20, 30, 40% from when I bought in the beginning of the year. The good thing that I did was I just held, I didn't try and get into the trap of trying to actively trade, you know the classical day trader thing wasn't as common right. because it was expensive to trade. I remember when I first started, you know, it was cost like $25 per trade at least. Where did we come from? Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about <laughs> it. it's been, a, it's been a tremendous up and down roller coaster. I don't want anyone to think that it's been easy or like, Oh, Hey, I can start with $5,000 or a few thousand dollars and just make millions. I mean, sure it's possible, uh, but you have to understand that there comes a lot of, different factors that need to come in and align. And, and for me, uh, that's what it was. And I'm very fortunate to be able to do it. And making the money, I always say, isn't necessarily the hardest part. It's about keeping it and growing it. That's right. That's right. Uh, and many people have come and gone because maybe they made a good amount of money in a good amount of time frame, but they couldn't keep it. That's, that's something that people need to focus on. <laughs>
Yep. And I, I, you may or may not agree with this, but it's, it's definitely about uh, time management and focus. Uh, you know, I, I know a lot of people that are really good traders. I mean, I, you know, honestly, I consider myself a pretty profitable trader when it comes down to sitting down and trading. But it's that point where you don't have the time to monitor your trade. And this goes to more like the, the day trading, swing trader positions. Like you don't have time. And this is where I, I actually saw people come and go. And what you're talking about is, you know, they made some money. Then they got the, into a trade and be like, hey, I got to go to work. I'll check on it a few hours. And like five minutes after this trade, things down like 14%. And that, I think that's important. You're actually hitting a lot of key points. Is is just like, if you don't know how you made the money, you need to sit down and you need to analyze that trade. You know, it's that, that's something that happened to me my very first option. I bought Tesla options in February of 2020. I woke up the next day and my $99 investment was worth $7,000. And I, I sold, I frantically sold. It was actually worth $31,000 about four hours later. Uh, but I was, I, obviously I was like, oh, dang, okay. But I had $7,000. I took every bit of it out. Because I had no idea how I made this seven thousand. Many people wouldn't hang on to those gains, you know, uh, and, and they would have quickly just done something else with it and uh, probably gone ahead and launched it. I see it all yeah, the time. back into Tesla, you know, just or yeah. GameStop or whatever. Yep. Something like that. Yep. yep. So, <laughs> so if you were gonna like tell yourself, like here I are, 18, 18 year old Riz, you bumped into yourself, and you're, you know, here, here you are, young, still twenty nine. You know, I say I'm older than you. So, what would you say? You have one bit of advice to give yourself. What would that be? Yeah. So, great question. Um, I would just say always check our internal expectations. I find that when I started, I, I, and, and you know, a couple of years in doing it, I was like, okay, you know what? I think I got the hang of it. I'm good. You know, I'm good. I got this only to realize, whoa, there's like a whole another dimension, whole another galaxy that I haven't even touched on or learned about when it comes to markets, having the understanding that we don't know a tremendous amount and we never will. The beauty about markets is I can never say I've mastered it. And for some people, they'll hate that because they're like, so how do you know you're at the top or you learned everything? You don't because everything is changing. I've never in my entire 29 year life up until this point have ever found anything like a construct like the financial markets where you constantly have to adapt, learn about markets, different things, different new things that have occurred, but also about yourself, you know, the amount I've learned about myself. So in short, I would say always check your kind of expectations on on not only your potential results, because people come in all the time saying, Riz, I, I have, you know, five, $10,000. I want to turn it into a hundred thousand, 200,000 by the end of the year. And we're already in July. I'm like, you have never placed a trade before. Like, I get why you want to do that, especially with all the noise that's there. Like you see the images yeah. of people yeah. on Robinhood or whatever app. And you see like 50,000% gains on like, that's just a single occurrence, but people take that into being the norm. And that's the yeah. problem. Yeah. Right. That's the issue. There's a massive need for people to check their expectations on what's possible, what's realistic, because as much as people may not want to accept it, no matter how good we are, this is the game of probabilities. I'm not a mathematician. I'm not some Harvard grad. I'm not a genius or witch, but I look at probabilities. I look at things in a clinical fashion. And that's led to one of the reasons why I am where I am, because I always enjoyed doing the best I could and factoring in the data. Many people just look at randomness and chance. Even if it works in their favor, they look at it as skill. That's hubris. That's a lack of understanding that there's a lot we don't know. 
And once people get in that trap of thinking they know everything and they don't, they're going to get hurt bad. So for me, for every young individual, whether they're 18, 16, 20, whether they're starting their trading or whether they've even been trading for a while, my advice to myself and to everyone else at this time frame would have been check your expectations, increase the time frame. Do not push because a lot of people are like, Riz, I want to make $2,000 a week trading. I'm like, where'd you get that number from? Because, you know, I want to be able to quit my job. I'm like, okay, but you're going to need to have like a hundred percent return every month. Like that's not realistic. You know, reverse engineering our expectations is crucial in this game because if you have insane expectations, you want to automatically climb Mount Everest and you've never climbed, uh, you know, a hill, you're going to be in for a rude awakening. And I see it all the time. People come to me, Riz, I blew up my account. Why? Because I tried to double it. It's a shame that it happened, but it's painful for me. Like I said, I deal with this all the time. It's like, I never thought in my, when I started doing this, that I'd be coaching people. It's not the only thing I do, obviously, but I never thought I'd be providing like consulting and like essentially mental cognitive support to people. I never thought I'd be doing that. I thought I'd just be trading and, and teaching people how to trade and trading myself and, and giving people my market insights. But in fact, I've learned that I have to be there for people emotionally, even like the support. They're like, you know, Riz, I'm so down. I want to quit. I want to leave this. I'm like, okay, calm down. Just, you know, take a break. You don't have to make any decision. So I'm doing a lot of things that I never even thought I'd ever do. Uh, so please, for those of you that are listening and, and watching, be realistic with your expectations, not for me, but for your own sake, because if you try and we've all heard like aim high and, you know, even if you don't get there, you'll, you, you reach somewhere higher up, but with trading, it can be like a disaster because you will yeah. overexert yourself and you will just trading. You can lose what you have and more that if you're using margin. Yeah, so people exactly. Need to- I like, I always, uh, I have neighbors and stuff. They're always trying to, you know, they found out that, you know, I, I dabble into this way too much. Uh, and because of that, I, I get random phone calls from friends and neighbors and be like, Hey, I, I have some uh, financial advice. And most of the time it's, it's, we're talking about putting like IRAs and uh, retirement accounts together because that's something I've invested myself into a whole bunch. But every now and then somebody will call me like, look, I, I, I got $5,000, same, same thing. And next the next phone call I have, like, yo, how does it go? It's like, well, I only got like a hundred bucks left. And, you know, it's all to this, you know, expectation diving in and, you know, not having that voice of reasoning. So, so that's good. You know, that's, that's definitely well put. So you all, you do, we, we talked about, you do have a, a trading course, you know, so what are some of the things offered, you know, into the course? I, I know I saw you right now, you can, for like two bucks, you can try you guys out for like a, like two weeks, I think. And that's, that's awesome. I actually sent the link to a, a buddy of mine who was thinking about joining you. And I say, well, Hey, I, I'm not all about not telling you to join person, but if you can try for $2 a week, yeah, you can't absolutely. really beat, you can't really beat that. Right. So if I could try drive a car that I was going to buy for, and I could drive it around for a month before I bought it. I mean, who wouldn't do that? You know what I'm saying? So we have a few things. So, so two courses that once specifically for trading stocks, because as we know, I mean, obviously options is the rave. Everyone wants to trade options because obviously higher potential for gains. And, but stocks is, I feel like the best place to start for beginners because options, equity options are derived. They're derivative of stocks, right? So if someone is trying to just out of the gate, be like this fast paced options trader, not knowing any idea how, you know, stocks move, what technicals are, you know, what support resistance is, or basic understanding of how market structure is, they're going to have a way harder time because mm-hmm. now they're going to be dealing with options structure plus 
the stocks. So I always say learn stocks first. So I have a stock about 15 hours stock trading masterclass, which is 15 hours long, all video. And I teach people how to trade, um, you know, using my method, my philosophy style. I don't want to just teach people what they can just find basic stuff on Google, right? I want to make sure people are learning. If they're learning from me, then they should learn about the way I trade and proprietary yeah. things, right? Have access to my indicator, proprietary indicator. It's not a money printing machine or it's not like a, it's not a hundred percent thing, but these are things I give people the tools and access and the methods and strategies so they can use it and use it in the right way. And if they want to tweak it a bit to their best practices and personal preference, then absolutely. Right. So they have that, then I have the options course that's solely on option and trading options, the way I trade them again, similarly using my methods and strategies and kind of placing trades the way I would structure them. And they have, obviously people have the luxury to do as they want, but ultimately I'm not going to just regurgitate what's out there. I want to make sure it's something that is individual to me. And a lot of people have been blown away because I released the options course in like October or something, because there's people that were waiting for a year. They were asking for it for a year. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to work on it. I'm going to work on it. And then COVID hit and I got busy with all the market stuff and volatility. And then I had a wedding as well. So I got married last year uh, in September. So I'm like, you know what, like this is, this is give me a little bit of time, but I will get this done by the end of the year. That's awesome, man. Congrats. I appreciate it. Thank you. So I got it. I got it released in October and wow, the, the feedback on it has been amazing. Just like the stock trading masterclass. I'm very happy about it. It took a lot of time to put it together. And then last but not least, like you mentioned, the, the membership, that's, you know, where we come together, we trade, people get access to me. It's not a, thousands and thousands of people type of group because I keep it, I keep it very small. I keep it relatively small and control the numbers because I actually interact with my students, members. I answer questions in there. I, I give them uh, feedback on what they've done. So like it's, it's, it's unprecedented access. And I know that I'm limiting my outreach. I'm limiting the amount of people I can reach by keeping the numbers small. But I do that because I don't want to do a disservice to people by letting anyone and everyone in. I'm not doing a volume type of game. I'm doing a quality type of thing. So uh, you're right. $2 is 15 days to get the joint because I feel like I want to decrease the barrier of entry for anyone and everyone. At least they come in. They don't like it. It's not for them. Fair. They will get in there. They'll get complete access and they'll learn. They'll get access to quite a bit of stuff. You know, it's not a trading course. It's not an options or stock trading course, but they'll get access to quite a bit of stuff that other people charge for. And I just for two dollars, I'm like, take it. And in fact, I don't say it, but like, if people join for two dollars and they were like, oh my god, I didn't get two dollars worth, I will feel sad, but I will understand and I will gladly refund you the money because it's not about the two dollars or the ninety nine dollars or one hundred and nine dollars a month or whatever the fees for the course. I'm very fortunate. I make it very clear because I show it in my trading log, in my in my dividend history. I make more than enough across my investments, my trading, my dividends my other businesses that I don't need to sell someone a course to be able to like to drive or put gas in my McLaren or, or have my house. I don't have a mortgage. I don't have any debt. I don't care. Like I live according to my own means. And of course, I'm not going to get into the whole, like, really, why don't you have a mortgage? Like it makes sense to leverage and use cheap money, which is, you know, very low interest rates. But ultimately I live according to my own means. As I always said, I, I like to sleep easy at night. And, and if that means I have no debts, and if that means I never ask someone to buy something from me that wasn't right for them, I have a clear conscious. I'm happier, right? I don't care if the market's down 5% in a day. I sleep happier, happier because I know I followed my conscious. 
That's awesome. And you're in good company. I also don't have a mortgage. So I went ahead and did and the exact same wow. thing. So. You know, that should be celebrated, Mike. That should oh, be it celebrated. Was. Oh, God, care. it was. People, I don't care about what people think about me, but that should be celebrated because people don't realize the, the kind of the weight off your shoulders when you own free and clear where you live. It could be anywhere. I don't care if it's, I don't care if, if it's a, a half a million dollar house, million dollar house, $5 million house, anywhere. It could be a small one bedroom. I don't care. It, if you own where you live and you worked hard for it, it's a burden off your shoulders. Feels and it good. gives you ability to do so much. If you ever wanted to leverage it or take equity out, you have at least yeah. the option. So much freer. And people won't know that. People always ask me, where is, you know, like, what's the payments on this and payments on that? I'm like, what do you mean payments? They're like, well, how much, how much do you pay monthly? And to me, it's such a foreign concept, right? Again, I'm old fashioned. I'm old school. I don't, I don't own anything. I only pay whatever, you know, my gas is for the car. I only pay whatever my electricity is or my hydro and heat for the house. Like I don't have a payment per se monthly for it because I made sure that I have no debts. And if I know I don't want to sound grim or depressing, but like if the plug was pulled on me tomorrow, at least I know that I'm gone without owing anyone. Anything. Yeah. That's like, right. I, it's it's old yeah. school. And in this day and age, it's old that's school. Good, frankly. I like it. I like it, man. You know, but that's me. I like it. All right, man. So we're going to get to this speed round because I know all these guys and gals are going to want to know. So go, so this is just first thing that comes to your, to your mind, blat out the answer, and uh, we will try to get through as many of these as possible. So how long did it take you before you stopped getting overwhelmed by all the shoulda, coulda, wouldas in your trading style? It took some time. I don't, I don't know the exact time, but it, it takes some time to get used to because, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't for a rude awakening when, when I, kind of talked about markets and, and, and talked about trading in a way that wasn't, you know, what people want to hear or people yeah. were used to. It was a bit of a challenge. I still get quite a bit of a flack from people like, oh, you know, like, uh, you know, you should get in and this and people give me trading advice even at some point. So <laughs> it's not, it's not solicited. I never asked for it, but they do. <laughs> so, so it never ends. That's all I'm hearing. How many positions do you hold average at one time? Great, great question. So uh, I segment things into two. So I have my larger investment account and that usually rotates between 15 positions or so, individual stocks. Okay, I don't really hold ETFs unless it's a very specific type of trade. Other than that, in my trading account, you know, it will vary. Sometimes I'll have five, 10 different positions open. Of course, a component in cash as well because I'm rotating, I'm swing trading and it varies. Like right now, as of right now, I have like probably over 10 positions in my swing trading account and my active trading account because where how the market is. You know, I'm holding solid stuff that I don't see the reason to get stopped out of or closed out of or scared out of because it's not going anywhere and I have the excess capital to utilize for either averaging in or buying other things. That makes sense. That's good, man. That's actually... That's quite a bit of positions too. So, so what was your biggest loss? Probably about $200,000. Um, this was probably five, maybe over five, six years ago. I remember the ticker uh, was um, SLW, was Silver Wheaton. That was the previous ticker. The ticker changed to WPM and it's called Wheaton Precious Metals. I'll never forget the company. Uh, never forget the stop. I've still traded something in a while because same com- great company, but uh, I lost about 200 because I went, again, a classical mistake. I just bought too much position sizing and overweight in a single position as part of the portfolio. So I took out the money. I closed a trade because I wanted to, to buy a gas station. So I'm like, I'm not going to 
get a mortgage or anything. I just, I'll take the loss because it's already been holding for a while. It eventually went my way. I had bought the stock averaged in, but it went my way. It went towards my thesis the next year, but I'd already taken the loss. So you know what? It's, it is a, what it is. That's a pretty, that's a pretty big loss. So what are your favorite setups? And then do you have any tricks? I, I, I kind of know the answer to this one, but what do, how do you handle the the pattern day trading rule? How do you, how did you manage, manage to get through that? Again, if my answer was I was a day trader, then it would be different. But because I swing trade, I'm not in and out intraday that yeah. saved me headache. Sure, you can still run into PDT rule if you have below $25,000 account in the US. There's a few ways. You know, Maybe you have two brokerages account. That's another way. Uh, remember, mm-hmm. PDT applies to margin accounts. It doesn't apply to cash accounts, but if Fair you have a cash account, it takes a couple of days to settle the cash usually. So yeah. every broker is a little bit different. But ultimately, if you increase the time frame of the trade, you by proxy will just be trading less. And if you're trading less in and out, you have less chance of hitting PDT, right? So that's my suggestion. And I'm not saying that you have to do anything in terms of swing trading or day trades, each one to their own, but that's kind of my, my rationale behind focusing more on swing trading if you have a smaller account. Yep, no, that makes sense. And I like that answer too. Um, so what are some of your favorite indicators? You know, some like uh, EMA, RSI, VWAP, stuff like that. VWAP is, is great, but for intraday. So I, because I swing trade, I don't use VWAP as much at all in my swing trade, but I use the RSI. I obviously use a combination of a couple moving averages. Again, nothing, you won't see my chart. It's not often that I show a chart, but I do once in a while show it. And I say like, it's pretty relatively clean. Also for those that pay attention, well, they'll see my indicator, the, the RIS Alpha Cross Evo indicator. That's a technical indicator where it's hooked up to trading. It will give you like up green arrow saying that's a long signal or a down arrow showing that it's a short signal, right? And it's not a easy money making, it's not a guarantee, but it's something that can assist you. Okay, maybe this is about to move in a certain direction based on the calculations it's doing behind the scenes. So I have that. So to answer your question, RSI, I have my indicator and I have a couple moving averages and, and, and volume as well. Uh, and relatively pretty neat chart, no crazy amount of lines all over the place, all different kinds of colors and all that kind of stuff. Nothing too crazy. And of course, my students uh, get access to stock trading masterclass students get access to that indicator because I walked them through how to use it. A lot of people are like, Riz, I'm not a student. Can I pay you to get access to the indicator? I said, no, because not because I don't want you to have access, but because you're not going to know how to use it if you just pay for it and you're not explained how to use it. You're not using it the right way. You're going to do things with it. Like it's like using a hammer and trying to use it as a screwdriver. It's just not going to work right. Right. So I don't want your money. I mean, if you want to learn the right way, you want to take the course and get access to it with it for life, then sure. Otherwise I'm not interested in like selling it piecemeal. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Okay. So this is, I think this is probably the last one we got time for. What are your favorite timeframes? I need to talk about opening up the timeframes and, and really going through the chart. So when I, when I go through and I, and I do my trading, you know, I do a lot less of it now just because of my master's class and all this other stuff. I'm in, I'm on the, if I'm day trading, I, I'm on the 15 minute chart. You know, I start from the daily, I go down to the eight, four hour, and I do all my charting down to the one hour and I rehearse on the 15 minute. And I only use RSI, EMA and my support resistant lines. That's it. That's the only thing on my chart. And lo and behold, I trade Facebook like it's going out of business. And then for longer swing trading, I don't go below the, the two hour. Me personally, I don't like going anywhere lower than the two hour. Uh, I should probably not even go down to that low, but that's usually where my support resistant lines are a lot more clear. I can see them. So that's just setting up like what this question is really about. So how do you, how do you use the timeframes? 
Great, great question. So yeah, what you described is classical, um, you know, multi time frame analysis, which is great for swing trading and, and even day trading, like you said, I personally keep things a lot more simpler. I focus solely on the daily chart. Yeah, once in a while, if I'm curious to kind of see how this thing is moving intraday and get more of a price action understanding, then I'll, I'll zoom in maybe to a few hours, you know, hour, two hour, four hour thing. But overall, 90% of the time, I'm looking at daily charts uh, where each candle is a day, right? You can zoom out as much as you want for, you know, a year, two years, you know, but overall, it's a daily candle, daily chart. And I focus on that. Um, you know, I know some people prefer looking at daily and then also kind of coinciding it with a weekly chart. I don't really, really need to do that. Uh, I find, you know, of course, have your support resistance level, some technicals, some of your indicators and have it on a, on a daily, keep things simple, clear and after I run, so I have a watch list, a global watch list of about 350 individual stocks, right? Mostly large caps. So people ask me, what's your screener? And like, you like look at gap scanners. I'm like, no, I monitor about 350 plus stocks a day. Okay. And I'm not saying that people should do that or that's the right way. No, I'm just telling well, you. You get up at four o'clock. So, you know. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm up. Uh, yeah, I'm up. I'm up. Anytime, if you send me a message, you're probably gonna get an answer anytime. Uh, but yes, so I have to be very in tune and in sync with the market. My job is to see how the market's moving, see it's kind of like internal rhythm, if I can say it. So if I get that right, it makes it a lot easier to trade some of these large caps because of course they're gonna move with and alongside the market to a certain extent, right? So it's very important in trading the way I do to know how the market is moving, how to read the market, understand the market and different constructs. Because as we know, markets are dropping right now a little bit, not just because of technicals, they're dropping because, well, bonds are going up, yeah, right? Treasuries right. are up. Exactly. So these are things people need to understand outside of the market, right? What's happening with interest rates, what's happening with inflation. It's an amazing kind of experiment where they do every day where we try and figure out the underpinning of the market. You know, what's it feeling today and what's feeling this week. Obviously, you know, you know, this week hasn't been the greatest week for, for going long and buying, right? So that's a, that's kind of like the feeler that we need to get. And, and that changes every day and every week. Now, that's a good point. And those of you are listening, talking about the 10-year yield is what we were talking about. And it's approaching, you know, up to 1.5. And it isn't necessarily bad that it's going high. It's just the rate of increase. I know we were all talking about it being below one. That means money was going into the bond market, not necessarily buying stocks. And then as it started rising, it means money was coming out and going into the stock market. But now we're looking at it increase at a larger, uh, a quick, a very quick rate. And it's actually shaking uh, Wall Street a little bit. So just to want to make sure we close the loop on, on that stuff for all the other listeners out there aren't too savvy. That's the bottom line. There's a lot more to it. Uh, and, and definitely kind of Google it and, and compare it to what the dollar is doing. You'll probably get a pretty good snapshot of kind of how markets move and stuff like that. So, so yeah, so that's just one close up on that. I just want to say thank you so much, Riz. Uh, this is great. This is, I mean, this was really informative. I know for a fact that, that my followers and my members in my Slack are going to really appreciate this. If you guys haven't checked him out, Riz Inst International on Instagram, you got some courses you guys can check that out. Uh, again, I, I want to go ahead and put a stamp of transparency, been digging into this guy uh, I like what he's talking about. I like seeing, I'm not, I like know, knowing what he's doing. I'm not getting a bunch of pop and flair. So I like that. So you guys need to make sure you latch on to people like this. Uh, moving forward, if you have questions, uh, you know, connect with, with him, connect with, with me if you need uh, some simpler answers. 
definitely look into to what we're doing here. This is really awesome. So again, I just want to say thanks a lot for taking time out of your busy, busy entrepreneurial day. Last words are, your, is, are yours. Well, here's mine. Big shout out to you. I know, you know, your, your story and it, you know, it's tremendous. I really, really do mean it when I say that you're doing great things uh, and we need more, more people like you doing genuine, great things to put other people ahead and putting all the other bogus and crap and money and all that stuff to the side. Because honestly, like, you know what, you know that, you know, when, when you make money, it's great. It's fine. But there's more to life than just money. And, and I know right. it sounds contraindicative as being a capitalist or a trader, but <laughs> this is the fact. This is a fact. You know, I always say balance is key. One of the reasons I do what I do is because I want to enrich the lives of people and make it better, not just from a monetary standpoint, but from other standpoints, you know, there's more to life. And if people can learn about themselves and be better people uh, as a result, and I can share in that journey with them, that's awesome. Kudos to you for doing that. I appreciate you having me on. And honestly, people are intimidated to sometimes message me. I know that there's a lot of people that are watching, but they're like, shit, I don't know, I don't know if he's going to reply. I assure you, I respond to pretty much every message out there. It may take a little bit of time because I get bombarded at certain points, but I do answer every single one. Uh, and people are usually baffled. They're like, I was not expecting an answer from you, uh, you know, because I just thought that's not how it works. I'm like, no, uh, I make it a point because if I'm putting myself out there, people are watching, listening, giving me their time. Let's just say they're giving me their attention and I want to make sure that I give them my attention. Yep. That's humbling. So, all right. That's, that's great. Uh, thanks for listening. Entrepreneurs are united. You guys have any questions, DM me. If you guys need a link to the group to connect, please DM or message me as well. Pretty open, not near as, uh, as bombarded as, as Riz is, but definitely open to chat. Uh, I'm like him. I don't sleep, uh, respond instantly. So you guys have a great day. And as always, you guys stay amazing. Ciao. Ciao, Mike. Take care. Thank you.